Get ready, we're turning it up. Get ready, get ready, we're turning it up. What's happening, champs? Welcome to the Pigskin Champs Fantasy Football Podcast. I am your host, Derek Bordeaux, and you can find me on Twitter at pigskin underscore DRock. Due to some technical difficulties, I'm flying solo today. Justin and I will be back in studio on Tuesday. Alright, on today's show, we are diving into training camp battles that you need to keep an eye on, you need to watch for. Okay, what guys are going to be the starter on day one? All right, but before we do, just a reminder, don't be a chump, follow the champs on Twitter at PigskinChamps, on Facebook at PigskinChampsPod. Also, sign up for our personalized league podcast episodes. The link is in the description as well as on all of our social media. Justin and I want to talk about your fantasy leagues. Let's talk. We want to talk about your redraft keeper leagues, analyze your drafts. All the information can be found on our social media. All right, let's talk some news. All right, first bit of news that we have to talk about today. Cam Akers suffered a torn Achilles while training for the upcoming season. What a devastating blow to Cam Akers himself as well as the Los Angeles Rams offense as a whole. Um, you know, Achilles injuries are nothing to be, nothing to take lightly. You know, there, there's a very long list of players who have had Achilles injuries and a very short list of players who have come back and been effective after Achilles injuries. Not a good sign for a promising player. Wish him a speedy recovery. You know, for me and Justin, you know, we never want to see guys get hurt, never want to see guys get injured, especially in this fashion. And, you know, we wish him a speedy recovery. As far as the Rams backfield goes, you know, Justin and I pretty much in lockstep with this one. Daryl Henderson moves up into the top two to three rounds of redraft drafts. I currently have him as my RB17. And, you know, he's, he's a guy that, you know, in redraft this year, you could definitely, you know, take in those two to three round, this second or third round and be comfortable with the workload. You know, I think that you do need to understand as well that there's a possibility they could bring in a veteran. But as of right now, he's the only guy. And if they bring in a guy, you know, the only player that, I could see realistically going there that's available at the moment is Adrian Peterson. We'll see if that shakes out. If that does happen, I think that Daryl Henderson will be, probably won't be a, a guy worth taking in the top two to three rounds. You'll probably want to wait and try to get him a little bit later. I don't know if you're going to be able to because of the hype. Definitely looking to uh, monitor the situation very closely. Um, next bit of news, JD McKissick apparently has, add, has added weight in order to to see an expanded role in the offense. You know, last year he was a predominantly a receiving back and wants a three-down role. He's a guy that doesn't, apparently he does not want to be seen as a as only a pass-catching back. You know, and I, I, I kind of disagree with J.D. McKissick. I think he should lean into his strength. His strength is a pass-catching back. Let's, let's keep that good, uh, keep those good vibes going, man. Don't eat into... Um, Antonio Gibson's role, which is, it sounds exactly what he wants to do, but you know, we'll see. We'll see how that works out. I'm not confident that he can take, he can eat into Antonio Gibson's role. So, you know, we'll see. Adrian Peterson 
staying in shape and hopes to play this season. Now, this this bit of news came out a little bit before the Cam Akers injury. So, you know, he's just a guy that's that's trying to stay in football shape, ready to go. I think he'll be a fine fit in the Sean McVay offense. Just a guy to spell Daryl Henderson. But if even if he doesn't go there, you know, you could easily see him signing in a place like Atlanta, you know, because they all they have is Mike Davis. And, you know, there's always an, a possibility for another team to have an injury at running back. So we'll see. Maybe he'll get the job in uh, LA. I don't think he'll be the clear-cut starter there, but you know we'll kind of see what happens. AJ Dillon, Packers running back, primed to be leaned on more this year. And this is per the running back coach in Green Bay. I mean, this is kind of an obvious one. You know, Jamal Williams leaves in free agency, goes and signs with the Lions, leaving newly extended running back Aaron Jones as one of the him and him and uh, AJ Dillon is the only two backs in this offense. AJ Dillon came on strong last year, put together some pretty good performances. I think it could be, you know, a, a a a low end flex option for you know redraft leagues this year. We'll we'll kind of see what his workload looks like in this offense. I think a lot of it depends on Aaron Rodgers as well. You know, that's a, a lot to be you know figured out in the next couple of weeks with that situation. So we'll keep an eye on that for you. And last bit of news: Saquon Barkley says he's feeling pretty good, but doesn't know when he'll practice. Training camp is next week, so I mean. He did have a surgery in October, so that could play into it a little bit. Is he ready to, you know, go full, full speed in training camp? Probably not. And it's probably a, a good decision for them to hold him out. So I'm not looking for him to be a big participant in training camp practices for the Giants. You know, hopefully we get to see him a little bit in the preseason games, maybe one game, give him a couple, you know, eight to 10 carries, get his feet wet. Uh, if not, then just hold him out till week one when you really need him. I don't think that uh, rushing him is going to be a good idea, especially for a guy that can't or hasn't been able to stay healthy in his uh, short career. Right, let's get into the meat of the show. All right, we got training camp battles to watch. Training camp starts next week. Rookies for the Ravens, Bills, Jets, and Bucks all reported at training camp this week, and a lot of other teams have, um, you know, like the Cowboys reported, their veterans reported on Wednesday. And it seems like if you look at the list, a lot of teams report uh, next Tuesday, the 27th. Um, some teams like the Bucks, looks like the Bucks and the Cowboys get to report early. That's due to them having that earlier game. Uh, they kick off the season on Thursday night football. Looks like the Bucks and the Cowboys, you know, start training camp a little bit earlier than everybody else. Everybody else looks like they're starting on the 27th. So, you know, the point of today's show is to talk about some of the training camp battles that we are keeping an eye on for 2021 redraft leagues who is going to be the starter right that's the that's the main question of today's show so let's take a a quick look at the quarterback position we're going to go we got four teams to talk about let's start with the new new orleans saints salary cap issues across the board they had to dump a lot of their cap hits and free up some room on that roster just to get to the pot just to get to flat just to get to zero they had to um they had to get rid of a lot of key, a lot of key players. Couldn't extend some players on defense, and you know had to restructure Drew Brees to get him down. And then finally, uh, him retiring they gave a bunch of void years to Taysom Hill to kind of lower his salary, uh, his cap hit for 2021. And we'll kind of see. They they signed some guys. They you know made some decent moves. But the main point I'm talking about the Saints is the quarterback battle between Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. Listen. Taysom Hill played fine last season. 
I think that with Drew Brees retiring, I think that they brought in Jameis Winston for a reason. And I think that he's going to take over as a starting quarterback week one. And I think Taysom Hill will kind of go back to his, you know, utility role that he had uh, when uh, Drew Brees was, at, was, was playing quarterback. So I don't expect Taysom Hill to beat out Jameis Winston. They did re-sign Jameis to another one-year deal. I, I, I fully expect Winston to, to be the starter at least week one. And if he starts to, you know, show signs of that, 30 interception season with the uh, two years ago with the Bucks, then he could easily be benched for Taysom Hill. As far as the offense goes, I think Jameis Winston gives the overall passing offense a bigger, uh, gives the overall passing offense more upside. I think that Michael Thomas would definitely benefit from a Jameis Winston led offense. And, you know, the, the, the running game too. I mean, Alvin Kamara will get his no matter what. I mean, there's just not a, another reliable option outside of Michael Thomas on this team. So I think that Alvin Kamara will get you know, his fair share of targets, his fair share of rush attempts. I think they'll use Latavius Murray a little bit more. But with Taysom Hill, uh, obviously the, the the rushing offense, the rushing attempts will be there. I think that the rushing touchdown ceiling for Alvin Kamara will be not necessarily capped, but you could see more of those rushing touchdowns go to Taysom Hill. And even so, even with Jameis Winston, there's still that possibility as well, because Taysom Hill will be used in the red zone. I think that's such an important area of the field that Champagne's not going to let Jameis Winston turn the ball over in the red zone. I think that you're going to see a healthy dose of Taysom Hill, no matter if Winston's the starting quarterback or not. Yeah, I have Jameis Winston winning this battle and... You know, we'll kind of go from there, uh, which is great for me because I love, I mean, I'm a Bucks fan. So being able to intercept Winston, you know, twice a year is going to be great. So, all right, moving on. New England Patriots. Now, this really isn't a, they haven't come out and said that this is a quarterback competition yet, but Cam Newton versus first round pick Mac Jones could very well be a camp battle if Mac Jones starts to make the coaching staff have to make a tough decision. If he plays really well in training camp, especially against the defense that Bill Belichick runs, you know, he could definitely push Cam Newton. If Cam Newton struggles, if he sh- if he's anywhere near what he was last year and struggles in training camp, they could turn to Mac Jones quick. And you know, I think it's better for the Patriots to turn to Mac Jones earlier than rather than later. You know, you don't want to, there's not a whole lot of, uh, there's not a, a very many good times during the season to, to switch over from Mac Jones to Cam Newton because the overall offense has to change. The, the, the way you call plays, the way you attack the red zone, it's going to be, it's going to be different with the two quarterbacks. So, uh, Cam Newton saw over 40, you know, rushing attempts in the red zone last year. That's a lot. That's a lot. And that that sort of play calling the quarterback run game, it's not going to be there with Mac Jones. So the offense does look different. You know, we'll see what happens. Maybe they wait till the bye week to make that switch. But if Cam struggles early, I think that they make that move sooner rather than later. All right, next up, we got the Broncos. Drew Locke versus Teddy Bridgewater. I'm a firm believer that Teddy Bridgewater needs to be the starting quarterback of this team. And a lot of people are talking about Aaron Rodgers. I don't think that's going to happen. So I think Teddy Bridgewater needs to be the starter. And I feel like Drew Locke should be holding the clipboard on the sideline. If for whatever reason they give Drew Locke the starting job, I think it's a downgrade for all pass catching options in this offense. Listen, Teddy Bridgewater is not a world beater, but he did support three top 25 wide receivers last year. And, you know, he could do the same thing in Denver. I'm just not confident in Drew Locke. Justin, 
you know, me and him have gone back and forth about who we think should be the starter for the Denver Broncos. We both feel like the starter should be Teddy Bridgewater, but he is definitely on the side that the Broncos want to give him, you know, one last chance to see if he can be a franchise quarterback. I think that we've already seen what Drew Locke is going to be. He's just a guy who's inconsistent. He's a guy that, you know, is just not a starting NFL quarterback to me. And I think Teddy Bridgewater is a starting quarterback, whether he's, you know, average, which I think he is. He's average, you know. I think that that defense is good enough, and they have good enough weapons. They have a solid running game. They could be a playoff team. They could be a wild card team with Teddy Bridgewater. Now, will they win a Super Bowl? Most likely not. But I think Teddy gives them a better chance to win football games. And if that's what they want to do, which everyone should be wanting to win football games, you start Teddy Bridgewater. Don't mess around with Drew Locke. All right. The last one. Last one's kind of kind of interesting. I have, you know, digging around some of the uh, beat reporters that I follow. There's one beat reporter that says that uh, Taylor Heineke, the quarterback who started the playoff game for the Washington football team last season against the Bucks, is outplaying Ryan Fitzpatrick in in uh, OTA practices. Now, take this with a massive grain of salt. They didn't just bring in Ryan Fitzpatrick to ride the bench. I don't think that they that he's a bridge quarterback for Heineke. That's not what I'm saying. But if Heineke is outplaying Ryan Fitzpatrick, I mean, let's just, let's not also, let's also not pretend that Ryan Fitzpatrick is some great quarterback that is having a you know last hurrah in this new team that he's on. You know, this isn't Peyton Manning joining the Denver Broncos here. This is Ryan Fitzpatrick, the guy who can throw you know multiple interceptions in a game and absolutely just lose the game in the first quarter, put your team in such a big hole that they can't get out of it. You know, no matter how good that defense is, Fitzpatrick can implode. And, you know, there's a chance, you know, I'm not going to say there's not a chance that he is not playing a full 17 game season for the Washington football team. If Heineke is, if he is balling, let him play, let him play. And if Fitzpatrick loses this team a couple games, especially like division games, man, you could probably see Heineke playing towards the end of the year. I'm not confident in this take. I think Fitzpatrick is there. I think he's a starter. I think he's had, this is the best team that he's been on in quite some time. I'm not saying something because I'm a Bucks fan. He was a Bucks quarterback for a while. I just, I'm a little nervous. This is, this, this news blurb makes me a little nervous thinking about the, the possibility of Fitz losing his job to Taylor Heineke. All right, enough of the quarterbacks. Let's talk about fantasy. Let's talk about impactful players because let's be honest, who there's not a whole lot of people that are going to be drafting Winston, Taysom Hill, Cam Newton, Mac Jones, Lock, Drew Locke, Teddy Bridger. We're not drafting these guys. These are all late, late, late round guys outside the top 15 quarterbacks. Probably not taking these guys. He's probably not going to be moving the needle for your fantasy teams in 2021, but these guys will. The running back group Next up for us, we're going to talk about the San Francisco 49ers running back situation. We've got Raheem Mostert and Trey Sermon, the rookie out of Ohio State. Listen, I have been on record. I have said it in multiple podcast episodes. Trey Sermon's my guy, man. He is my guy, and I think he's the starter in this offense. And my main argument is that all of the other running backs are hurt all the time. Raheem Mostert is currently battling an injury. You know, it's it's a minor injury, but it's the same story, but a different day. Trey Sermon, he should be the healthiest running back going into the season. I think it's only a matter of time before he takes over. We'll see in training camp because these are both good running backs. So let's not get it twisted, okay? Raheem Mostert is a good running back, but the best ability is availability in the NFL. If you're not around to play, you're going to get passed up. Your job's going to be taken by a rookie. 
And, you know, let's also not pretend that Raheem Mostert is not close to 30, because he is. So the wheels could be falling off soon. You know, he's a fast running back, but he's not a big guy. He's not a powerful, imposing back. And Trey Sermon is. Trey Sermon is that build, that 220 build to, you know, handle an NFL workload. And in this offense, with the 49ers being a a run heavy offense. This could be Trey Sermon is going behind Raheem Mostert in drafts. And I think Trey Sermon could be could be the starter day one in this offense. And if he is, he's a massive steal in, you know, the fifth, sixth round in your uh fantasy drafts. So I'm targeting Trey Sermon everywhere I can trying to take him. Uh, he's honestly a guy that I'm almost willing to reach one to two rounds for just because I know that the workload is going to be insane if he gets this starting job. And then you also throw in the fact that Trey Lance could be the starting quarterback at some point in the season. Now, I didn't include the 49ers quarterback uh, quarterback situation in the training camp battles because I don't unless they trade Jimmy Garoppolo, I don't think that this is an actual training camp battle. I think that Trey Lance is going to sit for as long as they can possibly let him sit. He just signed his his new deal yesterday. A lot of guaranteed money. So he is the future. There's no doubt about it. He is the future of this team. Now, when he does, when he is finally the starter, that rushing ability is going to open up a lot of holes for whoever's that running back in. I am here for the Trey Sermon second half of the season dominance with Trey Lance as the quarterback. It's going to be a great time. He's going to carry you to championships. I'm going to plant my flag. I'm going to plant my flag right now and say that Trey Sermon is going to be on a lot of championship rosters in 2021. I'm taking him everywhere I can. All right. Next up, we got the Arizona Cardinals. We got James Conner and Chase Edmonds. Okay. Two backs that, you know, Chase on one side, you got Chase, Chase Edmonds, who has never been a workhorse running back. He's never been the guy. He's been playing with Kenyon Drake and, you know, Eno Benjamin and all these other guys. He's just never been the guy. Okay. Um, James Conner, on the other hand, has been the guy, you know, formerly of the Pittsburgh Steelers, had that one season where he was the, the workhorse when Le'Veon Bell held out and has been battling injuries ever since. And that's, that's one reason why this is, this backfield is such a, a tough one to sort out because because James Conner can be he could be an every down running back, but he just he can't stay healthy. So I think that it's interesting to see if if he can stay healthy. If he can, then he could probably lead this team in rush attempts. He could probably lead this team on the goal line. Edmonds could be sprinkled in as a pass catching back and a change of pace. I just don't I don't know if Edmonds has the ability to be an every down running back. And maybe that's not what we're looking for because these guys are going outside the top six, seven rounds. So maybe these guys are just that, just committee backs that you can use in flex situations. Maybe if one guy is out, or, you know, they got a soft defense, maybe you stream them, but I'm not counting on these guys to be anything more than a fourth or fifth running back on my team. And honestly, you know, we had a fade episode weeks ago. We had the round by round uh, draft targets and draft fades earlier this week, and I faded both Edmonds and Connor. I'm just not excited about this backfield. I think that the Cardinals in general are going to be a pass heavy team. And I just don't see much value in the running game here. I don't think they're going to be... I mean, they have a, a quality running game, but just the, the, the backs that they have don't excite me. The Denver Broncos, Melvin Gordon and rookie running back Javonta Williams. You know, me and Justin are also in lockstep on this one. The We think that the rookie running back Javonta Williams will eventually take over this job and be the number one guy in Denver. Uh, they drafted him to be this guy. They drafted him to be uh, the number one back. All of the other running backs on the roster are not under contract next season. So you know, this is a good dynasty pick too. Javonta Williams, he was my RB2 
coming into rookie drafts this offseason. And, you know, rightfully so, he's a great running back. He's a shifty guy. He's explosive. And I think that, you know, the Broncos traded up for him. So, you know, there's no doubt that they want him to be the starter. And if he gets that opportunity, if Gordon goes down with an injury or Gordon is struggling, Javante Williams could get on the field and could take over this backfield sooner rather than later. I'm going to bet on Javante Williams. I like him. I think he takes this job. He could even steal a day one. I mean, there's some beat reporters from the Broncos that are saying that he's the lead dog. He's the lead back. And, you know, take it for what you will. But, I mean, they're seeing it with their own eyes that he's getting he's getting more carries. He's getting more work. You know, we'll kind of see. Maybe it's health issues for Gordon, but that's exactly the point. If Melvin Gordon is dealing with injuries and Javante Williams isn't, Javante Williams is going to take your job. Simple as that. And the next one we're going to talk about is the Jacksonville Jaguars running back situation. Travis Etienne, first round running back versus James Robinson, the undrafted free agent from last season who set the world on fire. RB7 finish, the worst rushing attack in the league last season, produced a top seven running back by sheer volume. Okay, They go and they draft Travis Etienne. Urban Meyer said they want to use him as a pass catching back. You know, we'll see how that goes. I don't, I don't buy into it. I think that they were just getting him reps there just so that he can learn the passing game. Cause they, are, they said that they already knew what they had in him as a rusher. You know, we'll see how it goes. James Robinson, he's getting paid less than a million dollars a year. So I think that he's absolutely going to be involved. They're going to run him into the ground while they're not paying him much money. I think that he's still going to be involved in this offense. I don't know if this is an actual training camp battle. I don't see a clear-cut starter emerging from this. I see that them being used in a complementary role to each other. Maybe James Robinson gets, you know, maybe, you know, 55% of the early down work and, you know, a smaller portion of the passing down work that he got last year. You know, he was on the field a lot last season and I just don't see, I just don't see with the first round investment of Travis Etienne, Robinson getting that same workload or that same, uh, you know, target share or running back rush share. I don't see him getting those same numbers. So not really something to keep a close eye on. Just understand that if you take either one of these guys, their upside is capped by the other guy. Okay. You know, ETN is a, is a great player, but as long as Robinson's there, he's going to be eating into his workload. And I just don't see either one of these guys being a true bell cow back for your fantasy teams. All right. Last running back group we will talk about is the New York Jets. Believe me, I, I, I really don't want to talk about the Jets, but we are here to give you the deep dive analysis. New York Jets, Michael Carter, teammate of Javante Williams in college at North Carolina versus the field. Who's it going to be? They drafted Michael Carter. They wanted Michael Carter. Who's, you know, who's going to emerge as the other guy? Like, is it going to be Tevin Coleman? You know, probably not. The Michael P. Ryan, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan of Michael P. Ryan. He's a Florida Gator. I just don't, I, I just don't see him beating out Michael Carter. So Michael Carter versus the field. We'll see what happens. I think to, honestly, that this could be a a rookie dominated offense. Is that a good thing? Probably not. I think this offense could struggle. Could be bottom half of the league as far as scoring and yards and all that stuff. But a, a starting running back for an NFL franchise is still kind of valuable for fantasy. So if James Carter or if Michael Carter is a starting running back for the Jets, you could flex him. You could flex him because I I could easily, I could see him getting twelve to fifteen points a week and you know that's not gonna that's not gonna win you a fantasy championship that's not gonna lose it for you either so I think that Michael Carter could be a good value and he's going late enough in drafts where it can't hurt you if you take the chance on Michael Carter 
Now, if it's anybody else, I, I don't want it. If Tevin Coleman wins this job, I don't want it. I don't want any part of it. So keep an eye on it. If Michael Carter takes a job, I'm more excited about Michael Carter than I am about Tevin Coleman and the Michael P. Ryan. Give me Michael Carter. All right, let's stay with the Jets. Moving into the wide receiver group, I only got two teams to talk about here. The New York Jets, specifically the slot receiver role, they have Jamison Crowder, but they drafted Elijah Moore this offseason. Jamison Crowder, a guy that they wanted to take a pay cut to stay with the team. He initially resisted, but eventually uh, gave in, and I guess they compromised, and he signed the deal. He's staying in New York for at least another season. I think that they drafted his replacement in Elijah Moore. Crowder could play early in the season, but then lose snaps to Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore is just a more explosive guy at this point in their careers, and to pair him with rookie quarterback Zach Wilson, it could be, you know, they could just, you know, say, hey, we're just going to live and die by these rookies. We're going to put these guys on the field, get them some experience. Crowder could be a guy that plays situationally, but I think Moore will get a lot of, a lot of work in this offense, especially with a guy like Denzel Mims kind of struggling, running with the twos this offseason. Not a good sign. And Elijah Moore making splash plays. You know, I'm, I'm not going to bet on Elijah Moore winning this job in training camp. I think it'll start off as Crowder, but I think eventually the Jets are going to be a bad team this year. You know, there's no doubt about it. They're going to be a bad team this year. So I think that the, the rookie's going to get a lot of playing time, a lot of playing time over there in New York. Okay. All right. Last team to talk about the Buffalo Bills. We're going to be looking at the Buffalo Bills, you know, second or third receiving option. Normally you don't really want the third option in a, in a passing game, but the Buffalo Bills, did not want to run the football last year. They're not giving the ball to Devin Singletary and Zach Moss consistently. So I think that the second or third wide receiver option or pass or receiving option in this offense is going to be viable for fantasy. So specifically, I'm looking at Emmanuel Sanders and Gabe Davis. Gabe Davis was a field stretcher last year for the Buffalo Bills, played sparingly, but did have some solid production. And Emmanuel Sanders coming over from New Orleans as part of that massive cap, uh, salary cap dump that they did. You know, Sanders comes over to a high-powered offense. I think he could be a guy that could be used as a flex option early in the season if he's you know, if he comes out and is, you know, the guy in the slot or he's a guy that's on the field in three, three wide receiver sets, you know, we'll see how that plays out. But I like Gabe Davis a whole lot more than I like Emmanuel Sanders, especially uh, at this point in their careers. You know, I, the heart wants Gabe Davis to play over Emmanuel Sanders. The probability of that happening or the probability of them just splitting time is, is, is more likely. I think that Gabe Davis should take over that John Brown role. I think he'd be great in that role. And I think that Sanders should honestly compete more with Cole Beasley. And, you know, that's another point I want to bring up is Cole Beasley's not happy right now with the NFL, with most likely his contract, because every wide receiver in the history of the NFL hates their contract and wants a new one. I think that it's very possible that Cole Beasley doesn't play for this team this year. And whether that's in the NFL in general or just on this team, it's very possible he doesn't play. And if that happens, then Gabe Davis and Emmanuel Sanders could be fantasy relevant options for this team. Davis being the guy who plays on the outside and Sanders who would probably man the slot. And I think that those two guys matched up or paired with Stefan Diggs and the total unwillingness to run the football with their running backs. I think that Josh Allen, he's probably going to be on pace to lead the league in passing this year. Because, you know, you know, there was a playoff game last year where they, the first 20 plays of their game was all passing plays. Yeah, you heard me. 
all 20 plays of the first quarter or the first 20 plays of the game were passing plays. You know, they don't want to run the ball. They want to throw it. They want to throw it all over the place. And they could definitely have uh, two to three viable pass catching options in this offense, Emmanuel Sanders and Gabe Davis. All right. All right, guys, those are the position battles that we are looking at. We are keeping an eye on. Remember that training camp starts next week. You know, follow us on Twitter. Make sure that you're keeping up with all the news and notes we got going on. We got two episodes a week building up to the season. Um, you know, right now we've got uh, signups for the personalized league podcast episodes. We want to get those uh, rolling, get those episodes out to you guys. All the information for that can be found in our social media handle uh, accounts. There's a Google form on there to sign up, get your leagues in there. And let's let, let me and Justin talk about your leagues, man. We want to analyze your league. We want to talk about specifically what where we rank each team in your league. It's going to be a great time. It's going to be fun. Get in there. That's going to be it for us tonight. Remember to follow the show and both of us, hardworking dads on Twitter and Facebook. Links are in the description. Twitter handles are pigskin underscore Jay Gonzo for Justin and myself at pigskin underscore DRock. Man, appreciate you guys hanging out with me today, uh, talking about some training camp stuff. Football's right around the corner. Super excited. We'll see you all next week. Peace.